COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. Our goal is to protect the lives and livelihoods of Australians. We have breaking news on a corona scare. The panic buying, self-isolating on a statewide level. Stop it. Ten months without a case of COVID in the community was a pretty amazing winning streak for WA. But as we all know, that came to an end yesterday. And now I'm standing here in the West Live studio talking to you through a mask. It's actually the first time during this entire pandemic that West Aussies have had to wear one, which is amazing in itself. Looking at what happened yesterday, Arvo, you really would think this is our first rodeo. Panic buying again. Seriously? I just heard Woolies at Inaloo has closed its shutters. Now, I totally get that some people might have needed to pick up a few things from the shops ahead of the lockdown. If you can avoid leaving the house during a lockdown, then that's probably best for everyone. And I don't even have an issue with people who felt compelled to buy a sorbent 24-pack of toilet paper yesterday. It's there on the shelf and it can't hurt to have a few spare rolls, right? But to the people I saw that were piling their trolleys high with four or five of these 24-packs, well, gotta say, that's kinda disgraceful. That level of selfishness is the last thing WA needs right now and it shows we really have learned nothing during this pandemic. Then again, you could also say the same about the McGowan government's management of quarantine hotels. Guys, you had one job, keep the Rona in the hotel rooms. We've seen quarantine hotels cause outbreaks in Melbourne, Adelaide and Brisbane, yet some of the key measures to prevent future outbreaks were not taken here in WA and now it's up to all of us to fix this mess and I hope we're up to the task. The people who are at those venues the government listed as a COVID risk go get tested and isolate. For the rest of us, follow the guidelines and try to remember how to be COVID safe. I know it's been a while. Up until now, we've been the luckiest place on the planet and with ScoMo promising to have all Aussies vaccinated by October, let's not stumble now so close to the finish line. Since the pandemic began early last year, Dr Andrew Miller has been keeping us informed about COVID-19. Over and over again, the WA president of the Australian Medical Association warned us that hotel quarantine was the most likely source of an outbreak in this state. And look where we are now. Dr Miller, thanks for joining us again on The West Live. Great to be here, Ben. Now, just the other week you were on this show and you told me hotel quarantine was the biggest threat to WA. Anyone who's heard the West Live over the past year has heard you say it. Do you feel like the McGowan government listened to your many, many warnings? Uh, well, no, they haven't listened. They've got their own reasons for that because they were wanting to follow a national uh, program, um, which is unusual because they didn't follow the national program on border closures, but... Uh, that's okay. That's water under the bridge now. Yeah, hopefully there's an opportunity here for them to um, respond to the concerns that don't just come from me personally. I'm informed by a very diverse range of members who have expertise in occupational health, in aerosol science and in quarantine, uh, and they just don't have access to, the, to that wide range uh, of people and the state government's never run quarantine before so that's why it's looking amateurish at the moment. And now do they not have access because the feds have been running this and the state government have kind of just been providing manpower? There is this sort of uh, risk of falling between the gaps of government quarantine under the constitution as a Commonwealth responsibility. The states are doing it for them. They all go along to national cabinet and they all try to do the same thing but that excuse doesn't really wash with me because uh, since November in Victoria, where they obviously suffered very badly from their hotel quarantine outbreak, 
Uh, they've been doing things much better than we have. So they've been doing daily testing since November over there. Uh, they don't allow people to work in other jobs. Um, and they are using higher levels of um, respiratory protection, uh, PPE, uh, during outbreaks. So um, I think that uh, the government here has been doing its uh, homework in the car on the way to school. We're still not getting QR codes mandatory on the SafeWA app for another couple of weeks in many uh, very busy places in our community. Um, so we're really just nipping at their heels and saying um, your quarantine's not a proper quarantine system because you're still combining it with hotels and uh, you've been slow in getting sewage testing, QR and all these other things done and now we're, we're paying the price for it. And do you think a year into the p- pandemic that it's really acceptable for us still to be figuring this stuff out? Uh, well, that's what happens when you deal with bureaucracy, unfortunately. Um, and it's, it's, uh, we've been very successful because of our border closures, and we're very grateful for that. And, of course, we called for that in the first place, and we, we copped some pushback over that. Um, but when you listen to the, the doctors on the front line, things tend to go better. Um, and it would be great if at this stage the uh, Premier would sit down with us and actually make some changes um, rather than just uh, sticking to the emergency uh, room uh, that they use, which is a very small group of people who are all holding on to power and information very closely and who would have done uh, a lot better had they listened to our pleas uh, to change these hotels over to being proper quarantine facilities uh, with professional staff proper ventilation and high-grade respiratory-level PPE. If we'd done all of that, then we wouldn't be locked down today. Well, you mentioned the frontline doctors, and it's not just you who've been calling for these changes. Way back at the start of all of this, WA doctors wrote a letter to the government calling for a hard border. Uh, You got action on that, but the doctors are still demanding action. So who's not listening? Is it it the Premier? Is it the Chief Health Officer? Is it the, the Health Minister, Roger Cook? Um, well, the decisions are made in the end by the Premier, I'd have to say. Uh, that's, um, and, and look, he has my sympathy. He's, he's in a difficult situation. But uh, we have had the benefit of 10 months of no community spread. It's not, it hasn't been an absolute emergency before this week. Um, and the Premier hasn't met with us. And that's disappointing. We've asked for meetings and we haven't got them. And I can understand they don't want every Tom, Dick and Harry coming through the office. But we're the ones on the front line, us and the nurses and the other, uh, the GPs out there, the people in, in hospital practice, and we represent them. We have a, a, a very good ear to the ground and a very good network. So uh, I don't want to dwell on how we've got here, but we do want to point out uh, that we have been saying for some time that this is our big vulnerability. This is not an accident. This wasn't unpredictable. It's not a tricky virus. This is all entirely as it rolled out exactly the same way Victoria, New South Wales several times, New Zealand, Queensland, South Australia, we knew the same thing was going to happen here. Uh, and it takes a bit of imagination and a bit of courage and uh, to, to step outside of the bureaucratic process when you're working in government. And so it's a very difficult thing for government departments to do, take leadership from the Premier. Well, we know it's a state election around the corner and looking at some of the, I guess, campaign appearances that the Premier has been doing over the past month or so, it's amazing to me that he can find time for that but can't find time to sit down with the AMA. Do you think he's got his priorities wrong? Well, um, the Premier is free to set his own priorities and he's been very successful in keeping the borders closed and I don't want to make it a personal thing. Uh, I think uh, that he works very hard. We would just like to uh, 
hopefully see this as a learning experience for everybody. I'm hoping that we'll be able to get this under control, even though it probably is one of the more rapidly spreading variants, and that's by no means certain at this stage. But if we're successful, as the other states have been, in bringing this back under control, we'd like to, to sit down, no, no hard feelings, and uh, really see the quarantine converted into something uh, which is much more like a quarantine facility and get rid of the word hotel. We shouldn't be having weddings, functions, bars, restaurants, other guests going through these places. Uh, in Western Australia, we don't let tourists wander across mine sites uh, in, in bawdies and thongs. And that's effectively what's been happening in our quarantine facilities. Um, we don't have confidence in the, uh, in, in the way that it's being run at the moment, and we've been saying that for some time, and for the, for the government to continually ignore its frontline doctors like this has been very disappointing. Um, and we won't be silenced, though. It, we would like to get that audience uh, with the Premier and see some changes made, and, and we'll keep making our comments, which really are a reflection of our combined experience across the state, which is massive, and they really are being made in, in the best interests of the public and, of course, uh, our healthcare system. Mm. And now, now we're in lockdown for five days. What is the thinking behind five days in particular? Because we've heard that the, you know, the incubation period for COVID is up to 14 days. Um, yeah, no, we fully support this. So uh, the Chief Health Officer has got this exactly right. You go to a five-day initial lockdown and, and you do massive testing in that time of your vulnerable areas. So you target that into the locations where you think this might have spread um, and you throw your net wide. Now, within that five days, you will hopefully uh, find any, any positive cases that have been a result of, a, of this, uh, this transmission from this particular individual who I might say uh, we place no blame on. He was doing his job and they were according to the system he was working in. So um, within that five days, you'll see uh, any, hopefully pick up any positive cases because it takes two or three days for them to become positive and transmit. And then so by the end of the week, we'll have an idea. Are we dealing with a biggish cluster, a smallish cluster or, or none at all? And then we'll be able to make a decision from there as to, to what the next step would be. If this is this uh, highly contagious variant of COVID and given the man's movements as we know them at the moment, would you expect to see more positives? Uh, yeah, I expect to see more positive cases um, in the next few days if our testing uh, is capable of picking them up. So if we can turn out enough people and process them efficiently, um, I've got no doubt that our, our, the combination of our public and private labs will have the capacity to turn that around. And uh, I would um, uh, expect that we will be seeing some positive cases. Mm. And essential workers have exemptions. Uh, and there's a big cohort, including mining. Does that increase the risks of transmission? Well, sure. Any any time you make an exemption, you, you're doing a, a balancing act because you're taking a risk. Obviously, the safest thing is everyone to stay at home, but uh, it's essential workers in mining, of course, have to keep the thing running. Mining companies run at a very high standard compared to the rest of the community in monitoring their workforce and so on. In fact, I, I would be a bit provocative and say if the mining uh, companies have been running the quarantine, we might not be in this situation. So we need to... Um, uh, still keep things functioning as we did during the last lockdown and I think that's a reasonable thing to do and I know that they will pick it up very quickly and uh, I know that they, uh, the fly and fly out certainly undertake their own testing regimes as well um, and it's very disappointing that we weren't having 
that level of testing being done in hotel quarantine. Mm. And how are doctors feeling right now? Ten months without COVID in the community, now it rears its head again, and we've seen over that ten months just how the virus has taken a massive toll on frontline health workers. So how, how are they feeling? Well, we're, we've got a background anxiety from what we see happening around the world to our colleagues and to, to uh, their populations and their health systems. Um, on top of that, we, we have an extra anxiety because uh, we can't get access to the PPE that we want still uh, one year on. Um, we're not getting the respiratory level PPE for all contacts with suspected COVID or confirmed COVID. Um, because the government say we don't need it, whereas in Germany the government is distributing those high-level masks, the really quality ones, uh, to the public. They're giving them out for free uh, to every family. So um, we're frustrated that uh, our government expert committees early on made a mistake and said that this doesn't spread much by the airborne route. It does. That's, that is an important method of spread. That's probably the way that this gentleman caught it in the hotel quarantine system. And the reason that he wasn't wearing a respirator high-level mask was because of government guidelines, which, frankly, are being shown to be farcical at the moment. Mm. So it sounds like you would say that this situation currently would have been easily preventable uh, if they'd followed uh, guidelines and things that we've learned from watching this pandemic play out uh, both in Australia and around the world. Yes, if we had had a more uh, agile, open-minded response and a more diverse, uh, inclusive group of people, uh, I know occupational physicians who have been telling the government these things specifically in writing since February last year, and uh, they've been excluded uh, despite being of uh, very good reputation. No occupational uh, physician whose expertise is in disease transfer in workplaces, which is where COVID spreads 80% of the time, they've been excluded from the inner circle of people making decisions uh, to the detriment of us all. Boggles the mind. Now, if there are more positives, which of course we hope there are not, uh, and this does drag out the way we've seen in other states like Victoria, would you be comfortable with people crowding into polling booths for the state election under those conditions? Uh, No, no one's going to be comfortable with a crowded election. I think we we saw a situation where the Queensland election was held um, fairly early on uh, in pandemic times and uh, that that, uh, did create a lot of um, anxiety at that point. So uh, I think it's really important that we um, make arrangements for keeping people apart or for doing it via um, mail if possible. Mm. And this, did you see in the newspaper today there was a, a historic case apparently uh, at Fiona Stanley, a fellow has posted on social media, but it created quite a lot of distress because I think people thought that it was a current case. What would you advise to people who maybe have returned from overseas, have had COVID diagnoses over there? Should they be sharing these stories? Does that just add to the confusion and the chaos? Well, um, I don't think we're going to solve the, the confusion and chaos from Facebook problem anytime soon, Ben. Between between us, uh, you know, clearly they're the that's the source of a lot of the five G rumours and and the anti-vax yeah. stuff. And and uh, people will get on there and share their experience with, without necessarily having the knowledge to understand what test results and things mean. So. Um, you can, over a long period of time, still have positive COVID tests, uh, even though you were infectious quite a while ago. And that's uh, probably what's happened. And that's why it's so important that the public health experts, who are very good in our state, and, and uh, I don't imply any criticism of Andy Robertson and his team and, and their role in all of this, they um, use their knowledge of the history of where people have been and say, well, this guy was travelling overseas for quite a while. 
He's come back, he's got a weak positive result still lingering. That's very different to someone who turns up who hasn't been anywhere except for the mainland cold and suddenly they have a strong positive in their nose. Mm. That's, a, that's a different set of scenario. And, uh, but uh, no, we're not going to fix Facebook anytime soon. Yeah, and no doubt. And now, do you think this scare uh, this week might change the attitudes of many West Australians who had expressed over the past month or so a reluctance to get a COVID vaccine? Yes, I think it will. I think vaccine is certainly going to be an incredibly important protection. Um, it, it will be great to get a, uh, a, a good quality, high efficacy vaccine rolled out to particularly to our frontline workers and our vulnerable population. Um, there's a good chance that uh, um, workers, hopefully in hotel quarantine, will get that in the next couple of months. What people have to remember is that that does not stop them spreading the disease. So you could, uh, they, they won't get a severe form of it themselves, but they could still spread it in the community. So that makes things more complicated once we start vaccination. We can't uh, take our eye off the restrictions and the, the ongoing testing that we're going to need to do on a daily basis, which, you know, uh, thankfully is starting to get underway, although, you know, we still have some questions around how that's going to work if, if the, um, the guards are actually doing their own tests. They're actually collecting their own test samples. So we've got to make sure that that is a rigorous process that has integrity to it um, in order to protect the community because even when they're vaccinated, they'll still be able to spread it. Mm, so many questions still to be answered. Dr Andrew Miller, WA President of the AMA, thank you for helping us unpack this unfolding situation. You've got a massive day ahead of you, so I'm going to let you go. Thanks for being on the show. Great to talk to you. And uh, we have full faith in the government's instructions and their ability to bring this outbreak under control. So uh, our questioning of things like quarantine doesn't mean that you shouldn't do what the government says.